0: Hello there, welcome to the International Business Podcast, a show for those who work across time zones, borders, and cultures. I'm your host, Leonardo, from Shanghai, but let's make it simple and just call me Leo. We also have a new co-host, Stefano, based in Paris. Coming up on today's episode.
1: Each founder, every founder has ego, especially when you are the early stage founder. you think that you know better what you're doing? and you think that you found something that's gonna save the world or change the world, it's important to let it go. And the sooner you let it go, the faster you will crawl and you will build something else.
2: The the competition in China, it's cutthroat. People uh, will come up with ideas, will come up with uh, changes of uh, different business models on a daily basis. So you have to be able to respond quickly you have to be able to build your own uh, very strong team. You have to keep fighting in a positive way business-wise.
0: Marian and Ervis are both entrepreneurs on foreign soil. Starting a company is hard. Managing a company is difficult. Getting into success is extremely tough. How about doing so in a foreign country? More details about them in the show notes. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, Marian. Hi, Hervis. I'm glad to have you on. Welcome to the International Business Podcast.
2: Hello, Leo.
1: Thank you for having us. It's our pleasure.
0: So I have a question for both of you. Why would you define yourselves as international professionals?
1: Well, I guess I go first. I graduated from Ukrainian University back in 2010. And then I traveled and worked at the same time on the cruise ship. For nine months, I visited more than 30 countries within nine months. And then in 2011, I moved to China. Since then, I've been living here and working in China. So I guess that makes me an international professional.
2: As far as I'm concerned, I was born in Albania. When I was 10, I moved to Italy. When I was 26, I moved to China for what was supposed to be a six-month exchange. And that six-month exchange uh, has been going on now for almost eight years. So in a nutshell, born in one country, raised in another, working in a third one.
0: So staying with you, Airbus. why did you open your business? Because you have your own company here in
2: China. That's a very good question, Leo. The answer, I would say the easy one is China. The, the answer is China because here I'm surrounded by plenty of entrepreneurs, a lot of people who have launched multiple businesses, And a lot of people who are willing to share their experience, they support each other, influence each other. And the environment here, be it people, be it the competition, be it the regulatory situation, and all the um, mix of foreigners, international people, Chinese, makes it super easy to launch a company. And this helped my initial feeling I had at university where I always wanted to launch my thing. And uh, this made it much easier because so many people helped support the idea. And then when I made it happen, they were even more supportive. So being in China right now, it's an amazing opportunity because entrepreneurs everywhere, entrepreneurs supporting everyone. Of course there's competition, but it's a nice competition. It brings the best out of everyone.
0: Quick follow-up question. What is bad about China? in your particular case, I am not mean as a country,
2: but as an entrepreneur? Ah, uh, the competition. <laughs> <laughs> the, the competition in China, it's cutthroat. People uh, will come up with ideas, will come up with uh, changes of uh, different business models on a daily basis. So you have to be able to respond quickly. You have to be able to build your own uh, very strong team. You have to have your own unique points. And you have to keep fighting in a positive way business-wise against competition. You always have to look for ways to out-compete a lot of companies. And if you just take a few days off, maybe your business is off as well.
0: So, Marian, you're working on connecting local and the international scenes to build a diverse and inclusive innovation ecosystem. What, what do you mean by that? Could you tell us more about it?
1: It was a big pleasure. I think it had- Ties back to the company that I run, which is called We Hustle. I I started in 2016. At that time, it was different name, uh, different direction, different vision. But as the first-time entrepreneur, you learn a lot, you make lots of mistakes, you change, you pivot, you're trying to understand what works, what doesn't. So that happened to me, as it happened to many, many other people as well. So at the moment, We Hustle is the platform for innovation and growth, and we work and help. Um, both international and local startups to grow here in China. Since we are the platform for innovation, and I believe that diversity is the key, diversity breeds the innovation. That means um, everything that we do is supposed to be diverse. It means we need to bring local ecosystem and we need to bring international ecosystem and we facilitate connections and build the bridges between these two ecosystems. We're also trying to work with international teams, which also comprises with, with locals and international people. So that, that's what we mean by building and connecting um, diverse and inclusive innovation ecosystem and connecting the resources. So that is kind of like big uh, vision. And then uh, if be more clear and precise what we do, we have three big directions. So the first one is we focus on events, and we organize lots of events, uh, small-scale, big-scale, medium-scale scale. Big scale, medium scale, scale. Um, if I speak uh, about the small events, I can give you an example. It's called the Founder's Breakfast. We do it every single Friday, 8 a.m. So tomorrow, if you are available, please come to join. Um, it's been already 79 times. Tomorrow will be 80s. It's been already almost two years we are running this small-scale event. Also, we have the opposite one, which is a big-scale event. It's called Tech Home. And TECOM is the tech conference, the whole day conference with hundreds of people. Again, we're trying to bring incubators, which are mostly local. We are trying to bring international startups. We're also inviting corporates. We're inviting also lots of um, other innovation ecosystem stakeholders to bring together. And we are trying to facilitate the bridges, connections, connections. Um, the second thing that we, what we do is, since we work with lots of startups, we also uh, realize that, Every single startup has the challenge to write, to find the right candidates for the team. Um, that's since we have already the pool of people who are prefelted and interested in events and interested in technology, innovation, entrepreneurship. So we help startups to find the right candidates for their teams. And the third part that we focus on, basically just sharing as much resources as possible to get helpful and resourceful and useful for their teams to grow.
0: So ecosystem connections, bridges, Ervis. how did you build your network and how important is to have it to succeed in a place like China?
2: You're opening a Pandora vase with this question, Leo. The connections, I believe they are important in any kind of uh, situation, any kind of business, but more importantly, they are fundamental in China. This is at the end of the day, the place where A lot of things run on Guanxi or relationship or network. I have to say that I have followed a few uh, pathways. The first one is uh, when I was at university, I was part of an association called Isaac, And this association um, has chapters all over the world. And they have a few chapters here in Shanghai. So I got to meet the local members and um, the associations, the chapters here, they were running some events. They are still running events uh, to have people who, who are members here in China, who are, mem- who are members outside of China and to meet with each other. So a sort of alumni group. The second one is a Toastmasters, which is a public speaking association. This one helped me improve my public speaking skills because that's the purpose of the association, but also helped me to uh, enlarge my personal network and allow me to meet people from all over the world because my chapter is a pretty lucky one to have 20 plus countries. Third, uh, of course, I tapped into the Italian network. I did a lot of volunteering. I helped organize different activities. I remember one time I was also the um, sort of a bow on. (laughs) Better say, I was the receptionist uh, for a couple of uh, music events. Uh, I am terrible at singing. So the only way I could help was give the tickets to people and collect the money, of course, because I didn't want to go and sing. Otherwise, everyone will run away. And um, I have been doing different activities pro bono. So uh, for me, to summarize, is like four things. One is the association, global association that has chapters also in China. Two is doing activities with the Italian community. Three is doing uh, pro bono activities. And four, of course, tapping the Italian community.
0: Marian, in 2019, you appeared in Forbes uh, China because of the conference you've built. What was the key for this success?
1: To be honest um when i was building the conference of course i didn't think about anything right about force anything just happened but the um, in the conference it was the first time we were launching to come conference the one i mentioned our big scale event um in 2019 it was the the, the first ever big event for me when i when, that i was organizing it was lots of um pressure it was a lot of hard work and um, I did before smaller scale events, but I didn't do that kind of big event. So you didn't know actually what to expect, right? And how much workload are you going to take? So we spent a few months doing that. And that turned out to be a very successful event. And Forbes was invited to attend the event one of the um, by one of the, our partners. So when they arrived, they were also happy. So they interviewed me and um, they decided that it was to be uh, published. And that's how I appeared to be on Forbes on Forbes.
2: Uh, Leo, if I can add one thing, if you don't mind. Please. Uh, The thing about Marian, as I mentioned before, I was a member of an association. I'm an alumnus now uh, called Isaac. And we run different uh, events or trainings. Some are national. Before they were global, now not running anymore. And whenever we would do that, we would put a team of 20, 30 people to organize it. So when I first knew that Marian had no association pushing or supporting him, is not part of a huge company, Uh, I was skeptical because it takes a lot of efforts. But if there was one person that I know operating in Shanghai that could pull it off was him because Marion is one of the uh, most driven community people that I've met here in Shanghai so far. And uh, I was... Very, 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 how do I say, surprised he took such a huge endeavor because it takes a lot of efforts, but I was not surprised he pulled it off. And it was impressive.
1: Thank you, Evers. Really appreciate your feedback. I, w- I was lucky to have, to be honest, a good team behind. Um, but then, yes, when I was taking this task, I didn't realize that how much work is supposed to be there. right? But once you're already doing this, you you can't go back, so you have to finish it. And, um, you know, when you have the deadlines, you have the responsibilities, you made it public. So people are already expecting something. And then you have already speakers involved. So you have no way back. You have to uh, keep pushing it. And um, uh, with with great team, uh, it, it happened.
0: So, Marianne, you sound such a, a good organizer of events. So you might be able to organize an event where erbis is going to sing a song.
2: Uh, no, please.
1: I'm also a horrible singer. So I guess if you have two horrible singers in one room, then probably there will be no audience coming over.
0: Going back to your entrepreneur uh, life, Erbis, what is the main lesson learned as an expat entrepreneur?
2: Target audience. You have to be very focused on what's your TA or target audience. I say this because a lot of uh, expat Entrepreneurs operating in uh, Shanghai or in other big cities in China or even other smaller cities, they have to have a very, very clear target who they want people to buy from him or her. This is very important because what I see here is, at least mostly, I see two uh, directions. One is foreigners, foreign entrepreneurs targeting foreign businesses operating in China or foreign entrepreneurs who are doing a lot of trading and are selling products or services from China to other countries. And both of these uh, focuses or targets are very successful. Uh, They can bring a lot of um, achievement. They can bring a lot of money. uh, They can help people develop and they can be a springboard for their next steps. But it's important that whoever starts a business clarifies this. One thing I have to say because I'm trying to do it, to improve a bit and to grow my company. Selling to Chinese entities as a foreign business, it's not easy. It's possible, but it's not easy. That tells people to be very focused on what they want to target, who they want to target and when they want to target. I, I've i tried a couple of uh, Chinese entities. I was introduced to them because of the network I built, as you were asking me before. It did not work out very well, but... I don't give up because a lot of, as I mentioned also in the first question, entrepreneurs here help you and they push you not to give up. But at the very beginning, if you want to build something sustainable, focus on your target audience.
0: Who's your target audience, Service? It's very simple.
2: My target audience right now is foreign entities that have businesses here in China or foreign entities run by Chinese employees. Those are two different things, as in uh, the entities, mostly businesses. They can be run by a Chinese manager, but they respond to a global team, or they are completely localized, but they have a foreign uh, boss. And I target companies anywhere from five to 500 people. I provide IT services. Either I support their local team in IT or I handle all their IT on behalf of their global team.
0: So, Marian, let's go back in time a little bit. If you actually could go back in time... What would you do differently during your journey as an entrepreneur?
1: Well, that's a good question, right? I have no regrets at the moment because it can't be anything changed. But if, if that would be possible, right, if I could go back in time, definitely the one thing, number one, that I would do is basically start learning Chinese in the very, 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 very beginning, right? Um, I think... Uh, those people who come here and spend half a year, one year learning Chinese and then start their professional life, then it's um, much easier to, to grow. Again, if you are not planning to stay in China for a long time or the business here in China, probably you don't need to bother. But what I realize now that while you're growing, you are working with more and more um, bigger companies, local companies, and that's what just always mentioned. It's extremely hard to sell to local companies as the foreign company, right? Uh, it doesn't mean it's impossible, but it's really hard. And uh, to make it happen, you first of all need to speak Chinese, then the, the gap between you and them is, is is shrinking. This is number one. And then the more you stay here, the, the more trust you build. I know companies, some of the companies, for three, four years, and, you know, at that time, they didn't work with me. But after three years, keeping in touch, popping up from time to time, they build up the trust and they're like, oh, okay, so now I work with some of the companies. So I need to be extremely patient, right? So, but again, getting back to the point, so learning Chinese is extremely important. Then um, the second might be also to mention is each founder, every founder has ego, especially when you are the early stage founder, right, if we can say that, you think that you know better what you're doing. And you think that you found something that gonna save the world or change the world. And you just keep pushing it. So you're very, very stubborn. It's important to let it go. And the sooner you let it go, the faster you will grow and you will build something else. So I think uh, very important to surround yourself with the right people, people who are more professional people probably who have uh, more experiences and actually need to listen so you need to let your ego go so you can save a lot of time and efforts building something that nobody needs
0: i've got one final question for both of you actually i would like you to share an episode from your uh, international career and that could be a funny a catastrophic or even a successful episode your pick guys
1: Well, no surprise. Um, I think I will give a couple of examples uh, from actually my life um, when it comes to events, right? Because whenever you organize the events, it's a lot of pressure, it's a lot of responsibility. It was in 2019, it was SLUSH, Slush, one of the also tech conferences in, in Europe and in China. Amazing event, I recommend anyone to go if you have the opportunity. I love that event. So, um, I was attending Slash in Nanjing and um, I was a partner. So, I was there with the booth and bringing some people. And at the same time, I was helping out one of the blockchain projects to do a little bit of international marketing. So, and um, they also wanted to pitch at this event in Nanjing at Slash, but they couldn't go. So, they asked me, they say, Hey, if you're already in, in, in Nanjing, if you're attending the event, can you just pitch for us? We're gonna send you the PPT and then you just, you know, quick elevator pitch, couple of minutes. Shouldn't be a problem. I said, sure, yeah, why not? I'm going to help, I'm already there, so no problem. They sent me the PPT, I checked PPT in advance. So I didn't learn, of course, PPT by heart because it's not my project. I said, okay, I just have this PPT, I will follow the slides and I will introduce the project. The job is done, everyone is happy. Slash is a big tech conference with hundreds and hundreds of people. So this is my turn, I'm on stage. Lots of people in front of me, big screen, judges, my slides are on. And then when I, I start presentation, I click the next slide, and I understand that I can't see anything because the slides somehow messed up fonts and you know pictures. I can't see anything. And I don't remember the slides because it's not my company, I didn't learn it by heart. So there are hundreds of people, and I keep clicking next one next one and everything is completely totally messed up so it was two minutes i wanted just to disappear in that moment because it was so embarrassing so awkward it was like you know i think i get a lot of you know gray hair white hair at that time so two minutes i i jump off the stage and i said i'm not going to pitch for anyone else ever that's a tough one
2: how about you ervis something about chinese Uh, This is uh, funny for other people and not funny for me. Um, That's how we like it. Yes. Thank you. Uh, As Marian mentioned, one of the mistakes I made as well is uh, when I came here, I did not expect to stay long. So I didn't focus on learning Chinese and I did not invest in that. And now I regret I'm doing it now, but it's a bit, it's late. So what happens is that I was uh, going to eat some um, spicy food at a local restaurant. And at the time I was reading some uh, flashcards in Chinese and I had learned the word uh, middle, which is Zhong. Maybe my pronunciation is still not right. So I thought middle. And when I went to the restaurant, uh, the restaurant person asked uh, my friend, well, how much spicy do you want it? And uh, I don't know, I think I mixed the different languages in my head. And I said, well, let's go for middle. And I said Zhong. And the person looked at me and was like, hmm? And uh, the, uh, my friend was looking at me, he was like, are you sure you want zhong? I was like, yeah, yeah, I want that. And the person was like, really? I was like, yes, I want, we out Jong." I said, which is I want Jong." And um, the person said, okay. My friend was like, mm, I'm a bit skeptic about it. You're insisting so much. So let's go for it. We started eating. And uh, within five minutes, I was crawling on the floor and I was crying like a baby because I found out Like Zhong, as a spicy, it means extremely spicy. And I spent 30 minutes on the floor with people taking pictures of me, uh, me crying, and the people taking pictures of me laughing. And I learned at that time that Zhong can mean middle, but in spicy, when you go to a spicy restaurant, it means extremely spicy. So if you come to China and you're expecting to stay even three years, five years, as Marian said, and as my experience, if my experience can teach you anything, start learning Chinese ASAP.
0: Thank you guys for sharing uh, these two episodes. So I would like to wrap this up by asking you who should connect with you after listening to this episode? And furthermore,
1: tell us a little bit more about your current roles. If you're interested in startups, innovation, entrepreneurship in China please do connect me on LinkedIn I do post a lot about um, what we do uh, I post a lot uh, about um, upcoming events, tech conferences so anything related to cross-border or if you're looking at China um, and you want to know about the startup and innovation ecosystem, that's where I'm um, going to be probably helpful to, to reach out to me on LinkedIn if you are want if you want to to see my handstands and yoga poses please do find me on instagram and uh, since i'm from ukraine i also do a lot of uh, sharing um, of ukrainian information in ukrainian on facebook so if you're ukrainian you can find me on facebook
2: Uh, for me i am uh, one of the two partners of an uh, it services company so whoever is either looking for someone to support their IT in China or wants to know more about IT in China or wants to solve IT issues in China in terms of cybersecurity, network support, user support, they can reach out to me. If they want to talk about business or how it takes what it takes to start a business in China, after you go to Marian, you can come to me. And uh, if you want to go and have a good cappuccino, good coffee, I'm always up for it.
0: Guys, I want to thank you for your insights. Thank you for joining us on the International Business Podcast.
1: Thank you, Leo. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure and great discussion.
2: Thank you, Leo, for the organization. Marian, you're amazing as usual.
0: Subscribe today to listen to more international business stories. We have new guests every Monday. Connect with us on LinkedIn, info in the show notes. See you next week. Cheers.